Or take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16. I want to thank those that went on the spiritual history tour. We had a great time, obviously, and uh, 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 it was, uh, wasn't the best day. It was it nice, been nice to have a sunshiny day like today, but we had a, it didn't rain on us, and so we had, a, again, a good time, of course. And I thought we'd uh, continue on with our little bit of a, a once-a-year uh, history lesson, I guess, on uh, first great awakening, second great awakening, this, this morning on the subject of being a Baptist. Uh, and uh, I've, I guess I've changed a little bit uh, over the years. Obviously, uh, I got saved in a Baptist church and baptized in a Baptist church, and uh, I'm a big Baptist, of course. And, and uh, I think it, it, there was time in my life, in my earlier days when I was a proud Baptist, and I'm still a, still a proud Baptist in a different way, but not as... Uh, uh, in your face about it as I, I was in times past. I'd like to say all the disciples were Baptists, of course, and I, I, I know they were Baptists because we go to Acts chapter 1 and it says they counted the church, they counted the people that were there in Acts chapter 1. He says there's about 120. That has to be a Baptist church for sure because they, they exaggerated the numbers. It says about 120. And uh, that's supposed to be a joke, of course, but uh, Matthew chapter 16, we'll start there here if we could here. And again, it's good to have the Stringhams with us, obviously. And uh, Lynn, good to have Lynn, Lynn from Oklahoma, right? So we got Oklahoma, we got Texas, we got uh, South Carolina, anywhere else. Bob doesn't count, Florida doesn't count as South. And, uh, but good to have Bob with us, of course, obviously. And uh, Matthew chapter 16, the famous verse, obviously, Jesus uh, asked his, his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some said he was... Uh, Jeremiah or one of the prophets or Elias but whom say ye that I am and Peter said in verse number 16 of course, of course Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and uh, Lord Jesus said blessed art thou Simon Barjona for blood, flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee but my father which is in heaven and then verse number 18 and I say unto thee upon, that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, of course. God promises the perpetuity of, of his church. And uh, we want to talk about Baptists this morning here. And, uh, and uh, I want you to turn to the back of your worksheet and look at, uh, some say this is the greatest Baptist preacher in the last millennium. I don't know if that's true. I, I'm speaking about Charles Spurgeon. But he said, we believe that the Baptist, this is 100 years ago, he wrote this over 100 years ago now, 130 years ago or thereabouts. We believe that the Baptists are the original Christians. We did not commence our existence at the Reformation. We were reformers before Luther or Calvin were born. Luther and Calvin lived in the 1500s, and 1521 was the start of the Reformation. October 31st, 1521, a lot of churches celebrate that day, Reformation Day, and uh, 1517 it was. And uh, we never came from the church of Rome, for we were never in it. We, we, we didn't come out of the Catholic church, in other words. But we have an unbroken line to the apostles themselves. We uh, have always existed from the very days of Christ, and our principles sometimes veiled and forgotten. Uh, lime, or, or misprint there, I guess. Like a river, it should be like a river. Uh, which always had, has always had honest and holy adherence, uh, persecuted alike by Romanists and Protestants of almost every sect, 
yet there has never existed a government holding Baptist principles which persecuted others, nor, I believe, any body of Baptists ever held to held it to be right to put the conscience of others under the control of man. We talked about the religious liberty of, uh, that the Baptists purport, purported, and of course, in our, yesterday or Friday in our uh, tour of John Leland's uh, graveside at the hometown, of course, of Cheshire, Mass. Uh, we have ever been ready to suffer, as our martyrologies will prove, but we are not ready to accept any help from the state to prostitute to purity of the bride of Christ to any allegiance with government, and we will never make the church, although the queen, the despot over the consciences of men. And a uh, great quote in regards to Baptists, of course, and uh, uh, there's three theories. This is not in your worksheet, but I just want to give you this. Uh, for you old-timers, uh, we, we did this lesson about six years ago. I just resurrected it for this morning. It's a one-and-done message this morning here, but uh, some people believe that Baptists came out of the Protestant Reformation of course, the Protestant Reformation is started in uh, 1517. Again, October 31st is the official birthday of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther, Roman Catholic priest, uh, read Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, of course, and uh, as is written, the just shall live by faith. And uh, uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as is written, a just shall live by faith. And evidently, Martin Luther got saved as a Catholic priest, of course, and he nailed the 95 Theses, this is called, the protest on the castle door of Wittenberg Church, and thus began the Protestant Reformation. It's celebrated by many Protestants across, uh, uh, for the last, uh, it was a big deal, in 500, uh, in, uh, in the uh, 2017, on the 500 year anniversary, of course, of the Protestant Reformation. There were Baptists that came out of the Protestant movement, of course, that's true. Like the Baptists come out of the Catholic and Baptists come out of uh, Jehovah Witness and Congregationalists and all different different denominations uh, you can be saved from, of course. But So there's one view that Baptists came from the Protestant Reformation. Another view that uh, it's called the landmark theory or the, the, the uh, successionist theory or the Baptist brighter theory, and that is that there's always been Baptist churches from the time of Christ all the way through till uh, this present day. And uh, we pass out the, I don't know if you, do you have the trail of blood, brother? We, we pass out the trail of blood. We got a couple hundred copies in the back of my office right now as we speak. And uh, I believe that uh, there's, uh, I don't believe in the landmark theory and the bride, Baptist bride theory. And uh, some Baptist briders for the record are, they're called landmark Baptists and there's very few left in, throughout America. And, throughout the world, but they believe that only, some of them believe that only Baptists will be a part of the Bride of Christ. Now that's, uh, that's the uh, best way I can tell you, that's just heresy, that's just, that's, the, that's not Bible 101, that only, and everybody else will be guests at the, the, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And uh, I want you to know that every single child of God is gonna be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And uh, so we, I reject uh, landmark theory as it's known or sometimes called or Baptist brighter theory. I have fr friends that are of that persuasion. I think they're wrong. And in fact, I know they're wrong, but uh, we love each other. The, uh, there's a Reformation theory, the, the theory number one, that Baptists evolved out of the, the Protestant Reformation. There's the landmark theory, number two, that, or the successionist theory, or the Baptist bride theory, that there's always been Baptist churches from day one. Uh, but if you study the 
the uh, trail of blood and somebody, how many know what I'm talking about when I talk about the trail of blood? I haven't handed that out. If you want to copy that, I'll give you a copy. It was written in 1934, I think by B.H. Carroll, I think, uh, Brother Stringham. And a great book. We've handed out hundreds of them over the years. I haven't handed them out in several years. But uh, you can trace the line of the true Church of Jesus Christ, not by pen and ink as much as you can from the blood of Christ or the blood of the martyrs that have been, uh, have been spilled down through the centuries, of course. And, and, uh, and it's a trail of blood, of course. And John the Baptist was beheaded. All the disciples saved John were, were martyred, of course. Jesus, our Savior, of course, our founder, was crucified, of course. And then uh, we go to Fox's Book of Martyrs and we see the trail of blood by true Christians. The Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so you can trace the true church, not necessarily by pen and ink as much as you can by the persecution that comes. And uh, so I believe in what's called the spiritual kinship theory. That, that, uh, and I use Matthew 16, 18 as my, my verse and uh, several other verses we could turn to, but for time's sake, we won't. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. The church didn't die, as some people believe, in 300, 312 A.D. and resurrected with the Catholic Church in, in uh, 312 uh, uh, A.D. with uh, Constantine, and it wasn't resurrected in an unholy fashion with the Catholic Church. It didn't, we have a 1,000 years or 1,200 years of dark ages. And some say the church went underground and died for the, from 300 A.D. to 1517, and then it was resurrected by when a Catholic priest got saved. No, that's not Bible. Bible says that the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. There would always be churches uh, that preach the gospel. And so I believe that you can find not in name, but you can find churches of a Baptistic stripe, or uh, I like to just call it Bible churches, churches that believe the Bible, of course. And, uh, but Baptist is a it's not a bad name, just for the record, just a little modern day uh, history. If you study, I, I have a 2017 uh, 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 quote that almost 15% of Congress, uh, of the members of Congress claim to be are, are Baptist, of course. That's a good number, of course. And 15% uh, of our United States Congress in 2017, I don't know what the percentage is now, it's got to be close to that, but uh, let's, just, let's spend just a few minutes on our differences this morning, and just to explain, uh, there's uh, like Heinz 57, there's uh, 100 different varieties of Baptists, of course, throughout, uh, there's some Baptists I don't want to be identified with, of course, obviously, there's all different breeds of Baptists, I didn't bother uh, taking out the, having to fill in the blanks for time's sake, and we're not going to go through all these because we'd spend the rest of our lesson going through these, and I want to get to the, our distinctives here, if we could, this, this morning here in the time that we have, but um, there's primitive or hard shell Baptist, uh, or regular Baptist, or old school Baptist, or sometimes they're called, and they're no, no, no uh, uh, hurt intended to our southern brethren, of course, but uh, the hard shells were mostly down south, but they started in New England, for the record. And so, uh, and we don't have hardly any, they, they claim to be the original Baptists. They, they would have been a Calvinistic persuasion, they're anti-mission board and, and anti-tracks and so forth. They're, they're the Calvinist uh, uh, old school or regular Baptists, as sometimes they were called. And again, they did evolve up here, of course. They came, some of them came out of the New Lights that we talked about on our trip here from the Congregationalist Movement, of course, in the 17, mid-1700s, of course. Uh, enough said, uh, there's very few hard shell 
uh, or Primitive Baptists. Do you have Primitive Baptists in the South, or I mean in Texas? See, I don't think we have any Primitive Baptists up here any longer here, but for time's sake, we're going to move on here. Missionary Baptists, and this is for Brother Stringham here. Uh, uh, I had my first, uh, I had a dinner about two years ago with a sweet Missionary Baptist brother from uh, North Carolina. Uh, he and his wife, uh, they were uh, foot-washing Baptists, and uh, I learned about foot washing, and uh, we don't believe in foot washing for the record, but uh, his sweet brother in Christ, and uh, uh, he, uh, I said, I want to know how foot washing went. I thought, you know, I don't want to wash anybody's feet, but if I, if I had washed his feet, no offense, it's, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's something wrong with me or something. I'd rather wash a woman's feet than a men's feet, of course, and, uh, but I don't want to wash even men's feet. But uh, I found out that women wash women's feet and men wash men's feet, and that made me all the more say, I don't want to ever wash feet. And it's tough. And uh, so, but they, they practiced that, of course, and uh, uh, missionary Baptists. Uh, but the, the ones I met down south, just for the record, some sweet brothers and sisters in Christ, they got a good, good uh, uh, their, their, their holiness, they walk, walk with... Christ and so forth. Uh, uh, Missionary Baptists, they grew out of the Second Great Awakening, uh, 1795 to 1810, 1830s, as we learned on our missions trip, of course. Uh, Distinctive against the anti-missionary Baptists or Calvinist Baptists, they were evangelistic or are evangelistic for the most part. Then there's General Baptist. I was saved in a a a garb church, uh, Brother Stringham, I hate to embarrass. I hope I'm not embarrassing you. Do you even know what a Garb Church is? They're a northern northern outfit, Garb General Association of Regular Baptist. It was uh, anyhow. I was saved as a, in a Garb GRBC church, as they were called. And uh, uh, General Baptist uh, believers in a universal atonement. First uh, John two two. The Bible says, and He's a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Christ, when he shed his blood, he shed his blood for all men. And uh, in fact, the preacher used that in his message this morning here, of course, that his blood is sufficient and efficacious for all men to be saved, obviously. And uh, General Baptists uh, believe that Christ shed his blood for all mankind. Their, their belief is in particular, is in opposition to particular Baptists that believe in a limited atonement. And uh, I can tell a story when... Uh, I went to Baptist Bible Institute in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Euclid, Ohio, to be exact. Uh, we had a whosoever will preacher, we called him, of course, and that's where we were, that whosoever will may come. And any, any man can be saved by the blood of Christ, of course, and he came and preached to about 200 people in chapel. And uh, one of my teachers was a Calvinist, was a, was a five-point Calvinist, and, uh, and uh, he got into class, and the preacher in the chapel service had preached that anybody could be saved by the blood of Christ, and and uh, Dr. Lenz was his name. He pulled his glasses down. He was an older gentleman at the time. He's 70 or 80 years old. And he says, I believe that Christ's blood, Christ didn't shed one drop of wasted blood on the cross of Calvary. I didn't realize what he was teaching teach, teach me as a junior in high school, of course, but he was trying to teach that the blood of Christ was only efficacious for the elect or those that get saved. And that's a damnable doctrine, of course. It's one of the doctrines of Calvinism. And I'm getting too deep here, probably. Fortunately, we stay away from this, most of this stuff, but you need to know these things. Uh, then you have Southern Baptists, a lot of Southern Baptists, uh, a lot of Independent Baptists came out of Southern Baptists, but Southern Baptists evolved out of the split, uh, the issue of slavery, of course, in 
1845 was a split between the American Baptists and Southern Baptists went one way and the, they said it, they did try to justify slavery. Not all of them, but many of them did, of course. And uh, there's some songs in our hymn book that uh, uh, in the Southern Baptist songbook are not found. Uh, Hold the Fort is one, just for a little, uh, it was written by a Union captain, of course, uh, in the Civil War, of course. And so you won't find that book in, in the Southern Baptist hymnal. There's several other, other songs that are written by Major Whittle was his name. I've been to his graveside of Northfield, Massachusetts. He worked for D.L. Moody. He was the Union. And every song that he wrote, there's several in our hymn book. You won't find in his Southern Baptist hymn book is that he was a Northern guy, of course. And so it's 150 years later that still, uh, still have some of that, of course. And there are some, just for the record, there are some, there's some good Southern Baptist churches, at least that preach the gospel, of course. Many of them have gone... Uh, liberal or new evangelical or another term, and some of them don't, don't even preach the gospel any longer, which is sad, and they're multi-version and so forth, but you find dear Southern Baptist people that love the Lord, of course, and uh, then there's the Northern Baptist uh, championed uh, the equal priesthood of all believers and were abolitionists, of course, and we talked about Lyman Beecher, a classic example. He wasn't a Baptist, he was a Congregationalist, but uh, a lot of abolitionists, of course, uh, anti-slavery folks. I wish we had time to get into that issue here, of course, and slavery is always wrong, of course, we understand that, but uh, it was a cultural thing, of course, obviously, and uh, I'm thinking a whole fast, so we'll just keep moving forward here. So let's go to American Baptist, uh, traces back to 17, 1639 in, in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, of course, and uh, the first... Uh, Baptist preacher John Williams, Roger, or Roger Williams, pardon me, and then John Clark is next door neighbor, just for the record. In Newport, there's a, been a 400 year debate on which church started first, the First Baptist Church of Newport, Rhode Island, or the First Baptist Church of Providence, Rhode Island. They started within three weeks of each other, and it depends on what you want to call, and it's this friendly debate that's going on to this day in regards to which church was the first Baptist church in America, and it really doesn't make any difference in the grand scheme of things. But then you have Bible Baptist and uh, Baptist Bible Fellowship, and um, this is old. Uh, they've, they've broken up into several subgroups and so forth, and there's once upon a time there were about 45, 4,800 churches across America that were Baptist Bible Fellowship churches, and uh, uh, we, be, we were listed in the Baptist Bible Fellowship as one of their churches because we supported one missionary, uh, uh, and so we were automatically Baptist Bible Fellowship Church, and good, some good men and good churches in that, very evangelistic uh, in that movement, of course, and so forth, but uh, independent. Uh, let's go to the top of the page, and, then, and you know, we claim we're an independent fundamental Baptist church, and uh, the word fundamental is a scarier word, of course. It's been a scarier word for the last 40 years, probably longer than that. And it's, of course, we've got a stain and a bad mark on it. And, and uh, the church in Westboro, Mass, or Westboro uh, where's, that, where's that town at? Kansas, yeah, yeah, Westboro Baptist Church. You know, it gives a black eye. Some of you know who I'm talking about. They go to the rallies. And uh, uh, they, were on, they were down there on January 6th at... Uh, when I was down there, Brother uh, Kai and I were down at, uh, on January 6th on, uh, in 2001, or 2000, when January 6th was, the, the, the patriotic rally that we really had that's been turned into a so-called insurrection. But uh, they were down there, of course, and uh, uh, they, they, they're hateful people, to be honest with you. It's sad, but they claim to be a 
fundamentalist church, and but the word's not a bad word. It just means uh, the foundational truths of the Word of God. And fundamental Baptists usually are, disti- uh, are distinctive with the fact that we use the King James Bible, almost all of us, of course, and uh, separation from worldly character and activity. And so we have all these different Baptist churches. We're independent. Every Christian is a little bit different in one sense, but we're all the same in Jesus Christ, obviously. We all have the same blood flowing through us. There's no two churches alike, and uh, like there's no two people alike. And uh, I'm sure Mount Pleasant Baptist Church is a little bit different than us, and uh, they talk different than we do. I know that much. And, uh, and, uh, and we, truth be told, we love, Southern, we love uh, our Southern brethren for sure, big time, of course. And, uh, uh, but I'm sure they do some things differently. We're going to do communion tonight. I, I don't know how you did communion, how often you did communion, and we'll touch on these things here tonight before we take the Lord's Supper here, but I'm sure we do it a little bit differently than other churches do. I know we have one church up here in Rhode Island that does communion, Baptist church does communion every single Sunday. And uh, uh, how often did you do communion, Brother Osbeth? I'm sorry? Every month that has five Sundays. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, we're, we're supposed to do it. We were, once upon a time, we did it once, every, once a month. Then we got to once a quarter, and now we do it about twice a year. And so tonight's uh, one of the nights we're going to do communion. But uh, let's go to our distinctives. And let me slow down for the minutes that we have left here, if I can, if I can s- slow my voice down. Uh, a word of note, uh, having differences and having distinctives needs not to not denote being divisive. And uh, the Bible teaches separation. I'd like to just preach here for a few moments here. Uh, There's no doubt that the Bible teaches separation. Right away in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God divided the light from the day from the night. God is in division. uh, He divided the sun, moon, and stars from uh, the heavens, the firmament, and so forth. We we see separation all the way through the Bible, of course, uh, starting in the first chapters all the way to the end, of course. And... uh, uh, God's going to divide the wheat from the tares, uh, the saved from the lost, of course, and uh, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And there's to be, uh, there's right and wrong, and there, there's holy and unholy, on and on we could go. And, uh, and when it comes down to practice and doctrine and so forth, uh, uh, we can be divisive. And uh, we, the Bible says we need to earnestly contend for the faith. And uh, I want to be a fundamentalist. I want to be a, a true to the word of God. But I want to love people at the same time. I want to speak the truth, but I want to do it in love. And uh, we don't have to compromise uh, two rails of the same railroad track. Uh, we can have, we can have uh, distinction and we can have unity at the same time. And uh, the Bible says, Jesus, Hebrews 13 says, let brotherly love continue. And so I've learned, uh, I guess this is where my uh, out, uh, opening statements, uh, where I've mellowed over the years. Uh, I've met uh, some dear, sweet Christians of other denominations, of course, and uh, to say that there's no uh, Lutherans or no uh, fill-in-the-blank Methodist or uh, even congregational, I don't know if you can find a congregational person saved any longer, and I, I'm only half-joking. Uh, I'm sure there are, there might, might be handful of them somewhere, but the Congregationalist Church, uh, uh, we saw on our tour, they're flying the rainbow flag, and they have, a, they have a different gospel than we have, a completely different gospel, which is not another, 
not another gospel, of course. And, uh, but there's people saved. Uh, I even believe that it's possible to find, uh, I've, I've met a few, a handful, I don't understand, I think they're wrong. Uh, but I met some Catholic folks that stay in the Catholic Church and uh, are born again and receive Christ as their Savior. I think they're wrong for not coming out, and we could look at that. Uh, wherefore, come up from one them and be separate. But uh, you can find Christians in other, other names, of course. And now not we're in the era of uh, uh, so-called uh, non-denominational churches. In the last 20, 30 years, uh, we've got you know, the Church of the Way and uh, you know, uh, Focus Church and... Uh, you know, Thrive Church, and on we could go to all these different names of, uh, uh, that we didn't have for churches, of course. Uh, but Baptist is not a bad name, uh, unless we give it a bad mark, of course, obviously. Actually, Baptist is a good name. Uh, it can be a good name, and so forth. And uh, So uh, we don't have to be divisive. Uh, we can still love and, and have our distinctives, have our differences, is what I'm trying to say. The very fact I'm reading from the worksheet, the very fact that we, as Baptists, are attempting to be followers of Christ dictates the notion that we are divisive. And First uh, John 3:13. Would somebody read that for us, please? I should get some. In fact, uh, somebody give me a hand. Somebody give me read that for us. We'll, we'll, uh, 1 John 3:13. And uh, real quickly here, how about John 10:28 and 29? Somebody get that ready for us, please. John 10, 28, call on somebody. Uh, Sister Cindy, would you get that ready for us, please? John 10, 28, and 29. Uh, some of these verses we can quote uh, by memory, but how about Revelation 18, 4? Somebody get that ready for us, please. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, Galatians 1, 10. Somebody get that ready for us here. Uh, I'm going to call on you here. Uh, okay, Tim. Okay, Galatians 1, 10. Okay, so let's... Uh, uh, Again, attempting to be followers of Christ dictates the notion that we are divisive. Uh, we need to uh, be particular in our doctrine and so forth. First John three thirteen. Who has that for us? Okay, uh, and uh, you know we're different in this world. Of course, uh, the Lord says. Uh, if they hated me, they're going to hate you, of course. And we already quoted, Ye and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, if you're not suffering any persecution, if you're not uh, uh, being maligned at least a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe you're not, your light's not shining. Uh, light, uh, the darkness comprehends not the light, of course, obviously. And uh, we don't mean to be mean. We don't mean to be divisive and so forth. But... Uh, holy and uh, righteousness cannot dwell and inhabit. Uh, uh, the Bible says, Amos 3, 3, you can two walk together except they be agreed. And this, we sing the song, this world's not our home. Uh, we're, this is a church, uh, it's an uh, ecclesia, it's a called out assembly. We're different than the world, of course. And, and so there are distinctives, is what I'm trying to say, and there are differences. And... Uh, Later on, we will look at uh, eight specific Baptist distinctives. For now, observe the following basic unities of Baptist. Uh, we're not going to look at eight distinctives. Brother Dave's going to take back his class next Sunday morning, and I'm thankful for that, of course. But uh, uh, if we were to talk about the Baptist distinctives, I'll go off memory. I think I can do it. Uh, Baptist, the acrostic for Baptist. Uh, what's, a, what's a Bible Christian? Well, B, believes the Bible is the only rule of faith and practice. Uh, believes in the autonomy, the self-government of the local church. Every church is independent. Every church is uh, separate. And, of course, in, in, 
and uh, the Bible is very clear about that, I believe, in the New Testament, obviously. Uh, P is the priesthood of every believer. Uh, I find it uh, humbling. Uh, many times people come to me, especially of Catholic background, of course, and get saved and say, Pastor, would you pray for me and pray for this uh, as if I have uh, special powers uh, to pray uh, that... Uh, in a, I know it's meant in a proper way, of course, in a godly way. Uh, we need to pray for one another, obviously, but every believer in Christ can pray. As we're equal, we have an equal priesthood with Christ, of course. And, uh, and so your prayers uh, are just as effective as my prayers. Uh, effectual, fervent prayer of righteous man avails much. So we have the uh, B, Bible's only rule of faith and practice. Uh, the autonomy of the local church or self-government of every local church and every individual church, the priesthood of the believers, uh, T for two ordinances, not sacraments, two ordinances. The Lord's Supper, of course, and uh, baptism, or I should say baptism first and the Lord's Supper second. And hopefully, maybe in time here, we'll, we'll look a little bit more at baptist, uh, baptism here in just a few seconds, hopefully a few minutes. Uh, we'll get that far. But uh, So we have uh, uh, the two ordinances, and we have uh, I, the, uh, what do we have? The I'm drawing a blank. I thought I could pull this off the top of my head here. Uh, as we have the sole liberty of every believer, of course. Uh, oh, an in, individual priesthood of a believer, I should have. SSI, of course. Uh, uh, separate priesthood of every believer, of course. And then uh, S, uh, uh, what did I say? What, what's S in Baptist? It's, uh, I'm sorry, soul liberty. It's in, the individual soul liberty, of course. And, uh, T, I'm really messing this up here. I thought I could just pull this off the top of my head. Uh, T, uh, or two offices of the church, um, that of pastor and that of deacon, of course. And then S, uh, separation of church and state, uh, that the state has no right to t dictate our conscience, of course. And, uh, and so we have the distinctives here, but uh, uh, there's also, we need to do the following basic unities. And this is uh, in the 10 or 12 minutes that we have left. Uh, there's a lot of things that almost all Baptists are, believe in, of course. And uh, again, the preacher preached on it this morning. He's preaching a different message at 10:30 here. But the security of of the, of the believer. There's the eternal security of the believer that we're secure in Christ. Uh, who has John 10:28 and 29 for us? I feel like I'm almost talking to brother and sister Stringham more than anybody here this morning. I guess I probably am, of course. Uh, most of these people have heard this before, but uh, I didn't grow up in any church either. My folks were, we were just good old-fashioned heathen folks, of course, is what we were, and uh, lost and didn't go to church anywhere. But we had an Assembly of God church up the street from us, and we had a Baptist church about 11 miles from us. And, and all things being equal, they seemed to be good, good people in both places, obviously. And I had some real sincere... Uh, influencers in the Assembly of God and, and uh, I remember going there and I got to make, cut this story short of course, you've heard my testimony many times in the long term HBC years and uh, I didn't know who was right uh, and for all I knew they were both wrong uh, in regards to things and I started reading my Bible and one church the Assembly of God told me that I was possible to fall from grace to lose my salvation of course and the Baptist church told me that once saved, always saved. In fact, uh, the Assembly of God made fun of it. You don't believe in once saved, always saved, do you? 
And I thought, I don't know, I, I, I guess not. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and I didn't know what to believe, and I did a six-month study, or at least a three-month study as an older teenage kid, and I read in Galatians and Romans and Ephesians and so forth, and I, I find that, uh, that for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, the same as you boast. And I, I came to all kinds of verses that uh, it's either by grace or by works, and it can't be a mixture of the two. And then I realized, I finally, finally got in my head that you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ alone, plus nothing. And I, I got down on my hands and knees, and I, after praying hundreds of times to get saved, every time I sinned, I had to get saved again. And I said, no, Lord Jesus, I'm not saved. I ask you to come into my heart, and I trust you and your blood completely to save me from all my sins. And then it became real easy for me to, I politely stopped going to the Assembly of God Church, there were three people and so forth, but there are many in their doctrine, they believe you can fall from grace. That's part of their, they're out of Springfield, Missouri, their national, their, their denominational headquarters, of course, and that's, I think it's covenant number 16 that uh, purely states that, that they believe you can fall from grace. And so it was real easy for me to become a Baptist when I realized that security was, we were eternally secure in Christ. Then uh, bullet point number two, the separation to one degree or another, both individually and ecclesiastically. Second Corinthians six seventeen. who has that verse for us? Did I get that verse out? Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. The Bible teaches personal separation. Be ye holy for what? Jesus said, I am, God said, I am holy, of course. And, and the Bible teaches individual separation from the world and so forth. But it teaches ecclesiastical church separation. Revelation eighteen four. who has that? Go ahead. Uh, you know, on our tour on Friday, we went by the Congregationalist Church in uh, Cornwall, for that matter, the one in Williamstown. They both had color, colorful flags on their in front of their church building. And then one said, God is still speaking. Uh, no, God spoke already. God, God's already spoken, of course. And, uh, and we have the word of God, the final word of God. And, uh, and what they're saying is God's grown up and he's like us now. And, and uh, homosexuality and lesbianism is, is all right. And... Uh, uh, LBC, LBGQ, XYZ is okay and so forth. And uh, uh, we, can't, we have to reject that, of course, as being uh, ungodly. We don't have anything in common with some churches except for the fact that we have church in our name and they have church in their name. After that, there's not much commonality of ground, of course. They don't believe in it to be saved by the blood of Christ. They believe in what's called a social gospel. And I'm starting to preach too much here. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, uh, unities that we have uh, is... is as Baptists, we should have the security of every believer, the separation to one degree or another of individual separation, ecclesiastical separation. And then for preaching Christ rather than for those to whom we preach. What do I mean by that? For preaching, for preaching, pardon me, preaching for Christ, the fill in blank words, rather than for those to whom we preach. Galatians 1.10, and we'll explain that in case you, who has Galatians 1.10? And we've had this, uh, I'm afraid, idol worship. I'm afraid I was guilty of it in my earlier years as a Christian, as a pastor even, uh, where we lift up men, a certain preacher, certain, certain uh, famous preachers, evangelists, uh, pastors, what have you. We lift up men and we, we, we study 
what they believe, of course, instead of what Christ believes. And uh, we're like, we should be like the Grecians that said uh, in John, is it, you know, search, we would see Jesus. We want to lift up Jesus Christ. We don't want to lift up a man. And uh, we don't want to be followers of men. We're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's very important that we keep Jesus the center focus in all that we do and all that we say, of course. And uh, then the uh, fourth bullet point there, rightly dividing the word of God. In other words, all divisions between Baptists and other, others are over doctrine. Uh, we, we are big adherents to rightly dividing the word of God. We have an Old Testament, we have a New Testament. We're, uh, we, could, we could have six lessons. In fact, we've had six or eight, ten lessons several years ago on understanding uh, dispensational theology. We're, we're dispensationalists in our, in our dividing the word of God as opposed to covenant theology. And I know I'm going over the head of a number of you right now here. But uh, we believe in the literal interpretation of the word of God as opposed to a figurative interpretation. When plain sense makes common sense, seek no other sense. But we have certain doctrines that we know to be uh, true. And this is very important. Note, learn to major on the majors and minor on the minors. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, let me give you some minors, for example. Uh, I believe strongly, and I won't embarrass Brother Stringham, and I don't really care what he, what he uh, believes he could be right. I could, uh, maybe we differ on this. I believe that Christ probably died on Wednesday. Now, I could be wrong about that. He could have died on Thursday. You, you do too. Most Baptists believe that he died on Wednesday. And, uh, and I get an amen out of George, and, and he probably did die on Wednesday. But I, I've read and I've studied, and I, I was telling Brother not too long ago, sometimes the more you study, the more confused you get. Because uh, he could have died on Thursday, he could have died on Friday even. And, and I heard Friday, that's a Catholic doctrine. Well, I'm not so... I could be wrong. We could get to heaven and find out that Jesus died on Thursday or Friday, but I think he died on Wednesday. If I was a betting man, I'd bet he died on Wednesday. But I'm not going to make a... Here's what I know. Jesus died for my sins. That's what I know. And I'm going to major on that. And, uh, you know, who are the two witnesses in Revelation? You know, who are they? Two. Elijah and Enoch. Okay, and you're firm about that. And, uh, and you may be right in... Uh, in might be Elijah and Moses. It might not be either of them. We don't know, but uh, uh, there's debate. But I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about that. And there's plenty of other things here. Uh, we still have Sunday night services. I've meddled on this thing here. Nowhere in the Bible it says, we, you know, thou shalt have Sunday night services. That's what we do. Uh, if we were more biblical, maybe we should have services every single night. Uh, uh, that's what they did in Acts, of course, and so forth. We have a Wednesday night service, and some churches have a Tuesday or Thursday night service. They're, they're ungodly, they're wicked, they're wrong with God, and I'm being facetious here, of course. Don't get, don't get on the minors, uh, major, minor on the minors and major on the majors. We can agree to disagree and still love one another and still preach the gospel. Very important. This next bullet point is very, very important. It's uh, ongoing and it never ends in 38 years of pastoring. Singing, singing, but not the same songs and tunes. We're talking about different Baptists, you know, uh, making Colossians 3.16. Somebody get that verse ready for us, please, quickly. Somebody get that verse for us, please, and read that verse. I can't uh, quote it. Singing. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And, uh, you know, I think everybody knows in here that we're a conservative church in regards to our music, of course, and I don't make any apologies for that. 
but I don't think that we're always that we're always right in the songs that we sing. Uh, that we could we could stretch our horizons a little bit. And uh, I said I wasn't going to pick on the stringhams. I'm picking on the stringhams uh, uh, because they're from the south. There, I love southern gospel music, of course, and we don't do we don't do a lot of southern gospel music in here. But I, I like it privately. I like a lot of some, I listen to some music. I'm just being transparent with you. Uh, I have no problem with some music that I listen to, Christian music especially, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want in our church. But I can privately, I, I, I enjoy the cathedrals, of course, the, the, uh, the statesmen. I'm going way back now. I'm talking about some names of some songs and so forth. We need to have some liberty and some, some uh, 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 we don't need to be so divisive on our song services here. There's some Baptist churches in our area that are more contemporary, and uh, they they have praise bands and so forth. And uh, I'm not going to say that's wrong. I'm just going to say I, I I we haven't had a choir for four years since COVID, but we went, I'd like to have a choir, and uh, I, I hope we're going to get back to a choir. And I'm looking forward to that. Much we can say about music, but don't get too bent out of shape. I always I always think of music as like eating dinner, of course. Uh, we had, uh, you know, you go over, in fact, I'll pick on Brother Rome here for a minute here. Anna, his dear wife, we went up and on the spread. She put on 40 different things. She had 40 different items for Thanksgiving. I'm only exaggerating by about 10. She'd have 30 items. And I'd love for, I mean, she'd have the best Thanksgiving dinner you could ever eat. But, you know, she'd have artichoke. And I don't care for artichoke. Well, yeah, amen. And, uh, but I'm not going to say, oh, that meal was a terrible meal because she had a little bit of artichoke in on her, uh, uh, no, learn, learn to enjoy and appreciate all, all foods, of course, and so forth. And there's, uh, it might be, sometimes we might have music around here. Uh, I've had it happen for 38 years. We go a little bit off this way or that way. Sometimes our music is too dead. Sometimes the music is too, too jumpy. And uh, we just, just, we're trying to please the Lord.